How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. And welcome to another edition of Golf Talk Live. I am Alan DePew, your host, and I am joined by our panel. As always, who do we got in the room? Oh, we, to my left today, the prettiest podcaster in golf. You know him as Christian Nazamus. Boston Bob Baldessari, our resident historian in all things PGA. And Mr. Andy Hydorn, reigning Houston's Houston, Houston, Texas senior amateur park, or I don't know what you got. You won something, Andy. It's, it sounds great, though. I just, I just love when you bring it, it up. On point. <laughs> exactly what's on the trophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's on the trophy? You know, you know what you won. You sound like right, boys. Hey, seriously, we got some serious sight to go on. We got some stuff going on right now in the golf industry. We've got. Uh, golf ball bifurcation the players championship dinner is served we got the live report don't be that guy and of course final thoughts when we get there but andy's already gonna lean in christian see him he's ready he thinks i'm gonna go there but i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna save it to the end because i want to talk about scotty i want to talk about the players championship and christian what was your thoughts uh i thought it was a great tournament First and foremost, I love watching the players. Um, I love the drama that unfolds. I was pretty upset because I was kind of rooting a little bit for Tommy Fleetwood to finish a little bit better on Sunday. I loved, I love Fleetwood. Um, but yeah, I mean, Scotty just played, he just played well. I mean, I he's arguably like I I texted you guys in our group chat. He's arguably one of the best players, if not the best player, hands down in the world right now. But you can make an argument with him. You can make an argument with Rom, Rory. Top three players in the world, really. I mean, right now, they are so far ahead of, I think, other people. And it's, I mean, you can make an argument for any three. So, Andy, would you make, would you agree with that? I mean, have those three separated themselves from the JTs and the Jordan Spieths of the world? I couldn't agree more as we speak. But, you know, six months ago, people are putting JT in that conversation. And maybe a month from now, they put him back in that conversation. So, it's always a fluid thing, but definitely in the last short period of time, those three have been incredible. And and Bobby, here's my question, because I thought there was going to be a name at the top of the leaderboard. By the way, no, I don't think, did any of our predictions hit? Not our, mine. <laughs> yeah. I, we, we need to keep reminding people and ourselves who we picked. Well, I will roll that out for before the uh, Augusta, who we all picked. I will definitely put that out. Alan, didn't you pick Rory? No, no, no. I picked uh, JT actually. Oh, okay. No, I, that's I, but standing there on in the golf shop on uh, Thursday, and even into Friday morning, I'm sitting there going, "I'm telling you, this is going to be a name at the top of the leaderboard because." I'm going to sound like a live commercial. There was nobody at the top of that leaderboard of any notoriety except for one guy, Colin Morikawa. And I said, 
you watch. He's going to be there at the end of the of the weekend. And then Scotty creeps into the very bottom of the of the first page. And then I had to change and say, well, one of those two guys is going to be there. Bobby, did you, can you believe how Morikawa's putter just went to hell? Right. Yeah. And I was going to uh, sort of jump on Andy's comment too. You, that's where it comes down to some of that putting hotness, if that's a phrase, uh, because in a few weeks JT could start dropping them. Morikawa was after that what's that second round and he said i found it i'm I'm swinging like free freedom playing great i mean i thought he was going to be there at the end i was impressed by scotty shepler pulling away i mean he didn't just win it was like pulling away win which i thought looked strong um and i i think on the golf channel i had one of these uh talking about you know the who's playing who's playing well now who's the two or three best in the world now in the gap did you happen to see the one stat that was on the golf channel? At one point, Tiger Woods was more than double ahead of the next closest world ranking years ago. Ernie Els was in second place. If you took Ernie's points and doubled them, you still had to go more to get to where Tiger was with points. Yeah. I mean, that's that's when you're that's when you're playing well. Is that when you're good? Wicked good. Yeah, <laughs> wicked good. Ooh, dropped a wicked on us, Christian. Did you notice that there? You know who is wicked good, Christian, on the back nine? I'm interested in your insight. Mr. Mister Frustrated with every golf course set up in the world, Terrell Hatton. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't upset with the back nine at, at, at uh, the TPC, though, because when he made the turn at 140, he's going to make $143,000, and he finished with 2.8. So, uh I think he was probably pleased. I mean, I would be too, obviously. Terrell Hatton is, <clears throat> he's like, he's so funny in the golf course because he has no filter. I mean, <laughs> like I've watched videos of him on YouTube before of like Terrell Hatton, like complete, like whatever the title was of the video. He's just, he's like the average golfer on a weekend. Like He doesn't, he doesn't have much of a filter off the course either. No, no, literally. That's yeah. why I like him so much. Yeah. So like, yeah, he's he's like talks crap about himself on the golf course, probably off the golf course. So I yeah, I mean, he played phenomenal. So and it's a nice little chunk of change in his pocket at the end of the day. Andy, was there anybody that surprised you just one way or the other? Yeah, I got a couple of comments. Um, I think it's absolutely incredible what Tom Hoagie did, right? Oh my God! Yeah, we he shoots seventy eight. Passed right over that one, didn't we? You're right. Seventy eight, sixty eight, and then breaks the course record and shoots sixty two. So, at plus six after the first day, he's making plane reservations to get out of Dodge there. Um, so I think it's incredible what he did. I think another thing that that you know, there's a lot of talk on this podcast and in the golf, you know stratosphere too about you know live in in the pga tour and what's better and who has the better golfers and you know i've always been the it's the events and the venues that matter but the other thing that matters is something that comes down to the wire and i gotta be honest with you as much as scotty's performance was great it kind of puts a damper on the tournament. There's been masters that have been like that where, you know, nobody ever really challenges a winner. And it kind of sucks for, for the theater of, of the event that, you know, it's, it's really decided long before they ever, you know, tee it up on number 10 on the last day. 
I agree with you there personally, 100%. And did you see that Hoagie right after Sunday? He flew coach on the way home. <laughs> I yeah. saw that. That's because he didn't have a reservation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, Hoagie, never do that again. So yeah. that was also funny. But no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I love the excitement. I love when they're tied, for example, um, if we're lucky enough to watch that, like coming down 18, especially in a major, that's even better. Um, to birdie the last hole. You know what I mean? I, I mean, Scotty could have doubled 16 if he wanted. He could have doubled 17. He could have hit a ball in the water if he wanted to. It wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, he had a five-shot lead. He's on the 18th tee, and he hits one into right field. Oh, yeah. And it just yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He flared right? that thing so far right, it was crazy. Doesn't matter, though. <laughs> but, Bobby, to your to your point, because we, last week we talked about the uh, – um, the set up and uh, standing on AT&T. How about Matsuyama, who was making that late charge? Obviously, some people passed cut, and was able to catch him. But, I mean, he got to uh, – he was at nine, I think, at that point. He was another one. He he got up there, and he almost has to make birdie on 18, I think it was. And he flared it. Just the fear factor, that that water on the left side. Yeah, well, you know, as the saying goes, it's tough to make three from the bottom of the pond. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, boss you know, Bob it, dropping truth bombs once again. <laughs> well, you know, depending on where you got to do your drop off the penalty area there, but at least I probably think, you know, my game's so good. If I block it a little right, can I hit the low cut shot? Can I do this? I mean, they're probably theorizing because that's probably something that I might do. Not going to miss it left. I've got room right. Is, can you hit a shot there? Probably. Can you get it down in front? Maybe hold it, potentially. Um, but at least you could you could make a three hitting it right. But how about last year when Cam Smith blows it right and then punches out into the water? Yeah. Like, like it, it. It just goes to prove that that golf course it gives and it takes, right? I mean, you're always on the edge of just imploding there, but you know clearly people can can get it going and and just rip that place to shreds. But it's such a great great venue. So okay. I got, I have go ahead, Kush. I, I was just gonna say, can we just touch on really quick Min Woo Lee and the story one for the week and two? Did you guys see his ball speed? 192. He hit a two, like what was it? A two iron, I think it was. Was it two iron and 18? 290, I think it was. Was that was that the club that he hit? Whatever club that was, it was he's incredible. Not a big guy. Unbelievable. I, granted, not even I, the best player in his family. Not even. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen him win personally, but uh I mean I was a little disappointed that he you know, obviously shot four over, you know, well, the way that he fought at the end, personally, he didn't give up. So I'll, I'll tell you, who, I'll tell you, who I wanted to say, I got, I have two names I want to throw out waiting for your, uh, your feedback on them. Andy, to your point, the, the golf gods giveth and taketh away. How about Ch Chad Ramey? Yeah. I felt so sorry for that kid. I was, I was standing there watching the telecast when he got to 17 plunk. Long. I mean, he can barely take it back. Yeah, it it it's that's why it's such a great, great venue. And and then the other one, and this is this, I 
I hope we see this kid more. I hope he breaks through because he is what a great story of perseverance. How about Ben Griffin? Yeah. Yep. And he was there for a long time on uh, well into Sunday. He was still there. Yeah. He's, he's pretty active on social media and, and uh, he's just another regular dude too. And, and can we, can we also, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Sahith Agala, did you see his quote? Uh, forget it. I'm going to save that till later. Well, did he take his shirt off? <laughs> I'm saving it till later. Think like if you if you look at the leaderboard of the players, there are so many big names on there that we really haven't seen a lot of in the last really calendar year. I mean, that, like Hideki Matsuyama, we haven't really seen him as much as we would like to. Victor Hovland, our boy Alan, he's he hasn't been up there as much as he should be, right? But then right. you're looking at like obviously Max Homa knocking on the door still. Max Homa is going to win a major this year. I, I keep t- I keep saying it. I think he's going to win a major. Justin Rose having a really solid season. David Lingmurth, where the hell has that guy been for the last? You know what I mean? Like it, there's just I don't think any of them had the caliber of catching Scotty. I mean, if, if Scotty lost the tournament at the end of the day, it was solely on him. It wasn't because somebody caught him. Yeah, but it, but yeah. it was it was it was funny even with the, the little coy smile and you know and the look of the caddy after he knocks it. I mean, we knew he was going to pump it right in the middle of the green on 17. But still, he's got a what four shot lead, and he's standing on seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> and it's still in his mind. It's still in a, in a player's mind standing on that hole. I tell you, I saw Taylor Montgomery. Now the pin on Sunday, everyone knows, is back right. Taylor Montgomery hits his ball on the walkway, which is like <laughs> due west from the pin, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's a gap wedge they're hitting, but they're so afraid of that shot. And he hit it, I don't know, 40 yards left of, yep. of the pin. So, Bobby, watch how I'm going to do this here. Kudos to Scotty. You know what? I guarantee he ate well afterwards. But you know where he's going to eat even better? A little place in Georgia. Yeah, because his menu came out today. It did. It looked yummy. <laughs> but, you know, you got to get the right wine pairing with your sliders. With your family-style mac and cheese. <laughs> did, you, did you, Christian, were you aware of the of the menu? The Allow, allow me to. I'm going to go silky smooth on this one, Andy. Cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style. Fire <laughs> cracker shrimp, sweet Thai chili, and seriachi mayo. Tortilla soup. A Texas ribeye steak or blackened red fish and warm chocolate skillet cookie. Delicious. You sound like the, you sound like the movie trailer guy. <laughs> the man with the golden pipes. Coming this April. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, good eats, good menu. I mean, what's your thoughts there, Christian? Um, I, I like the menu. I'm not shocked. I mean, like I told you guys pre-show, you got to have that nice Texas barbecue, obviously. I think I think Spieth, didn't Spieth have a similar menu when he won? Something very similar, I would assume, right? But Chicken fingers and french fries? I, I, I kind of want to know what the scotty way is though the scotty style i'm kind of curious to see what those cheeseburger sliders entail 
I'm thinking it's got to have some kind of like like green apple slaw or something, you know, just to, to bring out the flavoring of the the boat. Oh, it's delicious with a boach bun. A boach bun. Scotty doesn't seem like uh, that sort of creative type to me. <laughs> so you're saying that's a no? Just saying, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I had to get that in there because one, we're recording uh, in the evening. It is about dinner time. I'm starving. Scotty's menu came out. It looked delish. And I don't know if you know, I can pound some food. Um, <laughs> so, you know what? Andy, I kept you as bay for like 30 minutes into the show. It's all you. Start railing on the boys in blue, the blue jackets, the killjoys of the golf industry, the USGA golf ball rollback. What say you? I will not be railing on the blue coats for this. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty miffed by the whole reaction. To be honest with you, um, you know, I, I, the, the thing to me that's that's most important here is I don't care what ball you're using. Within reason, the guys who hit it the furthest are still going to hit it the furthest. This isn't going to make everybody equal. It's a, it, it's it's just going to roll everything back a little bit, and it's not going to matter one bit. And and the complaints I'm hearing from Justin Thomas and from Sam Burns, and it's like I don't get it, Bryson. Give me a break, dude. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Like like it's it's a little bit of a who moved my cheese deal. But at the end of the day, if you if you just shut the lights off, turned it back on later, and gave everybody a ball that was pick a number, you know, went ninety two percent of what the ball goes now, it's not going to matter to anybody, like to anybody. I don't get the outrage. Is that is that the end of your monologue? Beginning of your monologue there? That will be it. Okay. <laughs> I am going to play devil's advocate with you. Even though Christian is the one that likes to scrap it with you, I'm going to go ahead and say, why would not Bryson? Why would not JT, Sam Burns, all of those guys? Length is a advantage of yours. They have trained for it. They, it, it, whether it's natural. How, how is training, it not, how is that not going to still be there? It, it will absolutely still be there. But they have the ability now to overpower golf courses that maybe they didn't. Yeah, but does overpowering a golf course really, when you a tournament, look at Bryson at the Masters when he was able to play it. He's tried to overpower look, the look, golf look, course. Look, 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 at, look at your boy Bryson up at Wingfoot. Yeah, one good week. Okay. That I had. But I tend to agree with Andy on this one, if I'm being honest. Oh, you can't agree with each other. That just that throws the mojo and feng shui of the show off. That's just a bad <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> Because the 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 training that they've done the and everything that they have building up to this moment, they're they're all thinking in their head right now that like oh the USGA and the R the RNA are going to like they all the just want to bring the the tournaments back to like Marion and some of the golf yeah. courses that have been just been eliminated. That's that's what this is about. Yeah, but Marion is still a tough golf course though. Whereas if you hit the ball three fifty down the middle of the fairway, great for you. But it doesn't mean you're going to make a birdie on that hole because it's so hard from one hundred and fifty yards and in. Well, 
I played Marion and I didn't hit it to a 350 <laughs> in the middle of the fairway. Just saying. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> yes. But you're making bombs though on the putting. I mean, yes. Putting yes. Bobby is sitting I... quietly. He's <laughs> pondering. I can tell. Lay some historical prospectus on us. <laughs> well, I remember the days when supposedly the best tour player, you had to be 5'9", maybe 5'10", and a certain physique. And now you got athletes out there. And I can't – it's always about the ball in the club. Nobody ever talks about the body and the course conditions and how dramatically those are different. Yep, the ball, yes, the equipment. But I hardly ever hear anything about unbelievable athletes now um, – you know, you think of, I don't even want to say the name of some tour players' physiques from years ago, but they could get the ball in the hole. And, and Andy and I, we've all played with guys that didn't physically look the part, but they get the ball in the hole in the fewer strokes. Um, I agree if you're the Nicholases and long. Um, so you're saying the Ed Fioris of the world? Bob Quirky <laughs> Oliver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what was the other one? Got uh, Orville Moody. Uh, yeah. Hello, Billy Casper later, but whatever. But um, yeah, it's just uh, I remember a conversation I had with Gary Player at my club years ago. It was 1993 or four. And I remember him saying, you know, in my lifetime, I hope I see a Michael Jordan like athlete come into golf. And no matter what the golf industry does, the guy's just going to kill it. Um, you know, at some point physically, you're still going to hit it the longest. Uh, but, you know, in course conditions, the rollout, the firmness. A um, hundred years ago, the uh, the best um, or a typical municipal course now would have been championship caliber, caliber decades ago. And now you look at a municipal and you go, oh, that looks awful. And you think of in, the connotation of the tour. Too, right? Yeah, exactly. Condition would be championship caliber. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So you're going to get that rollout and, um, I don't know, you know, this up, the dogs are going, we're gone to the dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I, yeah, I still think about still playing the game and, you know, we were just talking about Scotty on the 17th. I mean, even if they're hitting lob wedges, you still got to get in your mindset to make the swing and get it on the putting surface. Well, okay, so yeah, you're you're absolutely correct in that sense. Look at Scotty at at the uh, the country club this year making triple on uh, the we met hole. Yep. I, yep. I I don't disagree. I just don't understand why they need to make Andy. Why do they need to make the change? Well, I'm I'm not really sure how they ever got here, right? Because they always had an overall distance standard, and I think. I think manufacturers and biomechanists and athletic trainers learned to get around that. Right. But, but, and I, I'm going to just say this Christian Nazamus hits it further than Jack Nicholas hit it in his prime. Right. But Jack Nicholas had still had a tremendous advantage because he was longer than everybody else was. So, the point is, it doesn't matter what the ultimate distance the ball goes. It matters what you are compared to your competitors. And that will not change. I don't care what ball you're using. That will not change. The longest guys are going to be the longest guys. The shortest guys are going to be the shortest guys. Christian, did you, Christian did, do you hit it further than Jack did in his prime? 
I have no idea. Probably. Probably. However, at the end of the day, I compare it to where I was in college. For example, I was not the longest hitter on my team. Actually, I was one of the shortest hitters on my team. However, I had one the of the out of here. on my team. If you ask any tour pro, where do they, where, where do tour pros make their money? It's not from hitting the ball 350. It's from iron shots. Iron shots. So I, I, I have to hundred percent agree with Andy on this because it, it, they're they're trying to change the game, but is it really going to be changing the game in a, in a way? I I don't I don't think so. I don't give a crap what ball you play. You play a TP five, you play a Bridgestone. I, I don't care what ball you play. All right, well, Andy, you, I got I I wanted to bring it to Bobby, but you're you have a huge background in merchandise, especially like Callaway and what have you. What about the manufacturers? What about them having to retool their whole lines and redo everything just for the tours? Yeah, I think that's absolutely if if it weren't for the manufacturers in my opinion they'd roll back the ball for everybody who played golf to me that's the concession to the manufacturers is why they're talking about bifurcation right um but just one one more quick thing before you go to bobby too i find it funny that you know i heard several of the guys saying oh so we're gonna we're gonna be playing one ball for this tournament and Another ball for that tournament. Um, Bobby, you remember this, the the old British ball and the American ball? Heck yeah. Like, like that was the thing before. So, yep. again, it's just too much bitching about, about this, in my opinion. And the irony is the people that are in my golf shop, the amateur golfers, they're craving five more yards. They need the five yards. Don't get me started on, you know, play the correct tees, Mr. Smith, and all that. Yeah. But, um, it, yeah, yeah, it's, the, you know, these amateur golfers, they they want this, is the longest club they can hit it, the, any kind of ball that'll roll out there. Uh, so it, I feel bad for the amateur golfer now. And um, although, I don't know, it's just it's a weird situation. So, inter- so interesting, I saw this one on social, the average golfer still, Hits it like two fifty. It's 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 oh, yeah. it, there. There it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter all the you know technology. The average comes still comes out in that same spot that has been forever. And it's interesting. I have to do a shameless plug here. So David Pierce, who's the director of research with the USGA, he's actually doing some work right now with Eagle Ridge. We're going to be the second course in the country to try to do this uh, new appropriate yardage. To your point. Oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to have combo tees. We're going to have, and it's, it, I'm going to have, I'll have to share it. You, it's basically how far do you hit your seven iron? And then this is the tee boxes you should be playing. Yeah. And these are diff- the different options. And basically the USGA, and this is where I, I give credit to the, to the blue jackets. Um, they're trying to get people to think about it more like the ski industry where you have the bunny slope all, all the way up to the double black diamond. And you should be playing what you should be playing because here's the thought to make it fun. Yeah. But but the 50 is fine off the tee though. Like if I'm trying to put it in perspective of a lot of courses in upstate New York around, like give give me a 10 mile radius of where I live. You still have snow. 250 off the, well, yes, but 250 off the tee though, that's going to leave you with a, a mid iron. 
in nine out of 10 times, the par fours here, they're not long. They're like a lot of courses here, unless it's a pro caliber course, like an O-Kill or a turning stone or whatever, th that's fine. You know, I, I hit I, at, at my home course here at, at Beaver Meadows Golf Club. I hit driver two times the entire time I play. And it's on two par fives because I can, I can. there's no trouble on it. And and that's a big thing, Christian. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of that that ends up happening to these golf courses and, and that's, I think that's what they're trying to save. Alan, we're going to have to have uh, John Bryan, John Godwin, Dan Van Horn on from U.S. Kids because their Pinehurst facility, Longleaf and Pinehurst, they've been doing this already. When you go to the driving range I to agree. warm up at, at Longleaf, that you have signage, you have color-coded. If you're hitting it to that flag, that color with your 7-iron, you should play the golf course that color. This goes back to T at Ford. Um, I hope, you know, when you talk about nothing new in, in golf ever, there was Metal Woods 100 years ago. All this stuff is just, you know, what comes around goes not, what's that cliche? Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right. I, I hope this, I hope this helps, you know, that it, average it, golfer still wants to come in and go, I paid my fee. I'm going all the way back. I see, I still see the commercial with Jack about playing it forward, play it forward. It's, it, it's you're absolutely correct and the question i asked of david is and and i'm tr i'm trying to get him on the show if if the usga will permit that um my question was how do you get the golfer to be true to themselves and that's the problem the problem is is that dude that i hit my i hit my seven iron 185 yards in a gale force win it's a golf bro thing bro it's a golf bro thing. I can speak very uh, passionate about this. I was the one with PGA of America that I had to be Barney Adams' handler, basically. Barney came up with Tia Ford. I was the one assigned to be with Barney to do uh, PR, to, to get Barney to talk to things. We did articles. I did testing at PGA Golf Club. I had PGA Golf Club and my members. I had a guy, can't remember his name. He hit on a par five and two. He had an eagle putt. He said it was one of the best moments of his entire life. He's 60 years old. I said, Mr. So-and-so, you're going to keep with this Tia Ford? Oh, no, because it's going to affect my handicap if I play up there. The ladies said, Bob, you don't think I'm a real golfer because these tees you're putting up there are not real, legit. It's not part of the team, regular tee ground. I said, Mr. Smith, if I put these tees in the bunker, it's official. <laughs> don't worry. Um, I, we had so much pushback. It was amazing. We had Jack behind it. I lived this for about three years. I hope it goes through. I really do. So let, let me just pose a question to you guys too. One more point on this. So if, if, if you have a parallel universe, right. And you have one group over here on course a and another group group on course B and the guys on course a are the longest hitter has got 110 mile an hour club head speed and he drives it 270. <clears throat> Course B, the longest hitter has got 110 and he drives it 300. Do the people who play Course A have not, not knowing anything exists like Course B, but do they have a worse time? Do they have less fun playing golf? I mean, isn't distance all relative anyway? Yes. Yeah. You want me to yeah. try it? 
<laughs> yeah, chime in. Well, first of all, I want to know where did our golf podcast go to quantum physics with parallel universe? That's my first question, but we're in the bizarro world. No, if they're Andy, I am 110% behind the fun factor. If these guys, I'm looking at all the different components of it, right down from the manufacturers to people want to see, people want to see Dustin, Bryson, JT, Scotty. They want to see him take it deep. That's what people, that's, that's the bro. Right. But, but bros want to see, take it deep. Taking it deep at course A is 270, right? And that's an amazing tee shot that everybody's jaw drops. Taking it deep at course B is 300. And it's an amazing tee shot. Everybody's jaw drops. Is there really a difference? 30 yards. No, they don't know anything about each other. Oh. (laughs) There's no difference. Like, would you rather hit the ball 270 in the middle of the fairway? I would just want to hit a 270 again. Yes, Christian, I would. So, not going to lie. But, no, I'm serious. Would you rather hit the ball 270 in the middle of the fairway or 300 yards in the rough? Hands down, people are always going to say, give me 270 out of the fairway. Of course they should. But that's a different argument, though. It's a different argument. You're right. But, yeah. I just just think distance is such a – independently relative thing because you still hit it long enough i don't hit it long i want distance back in the game yeah but you would still be relatively alan depew that's true you wouldn't be <laughs> in bombs on the putting green and, I would. as well as every, you every be, exactly you're still gonna be hunting flags down no matter what all right that enough Texas about, enough about this until until be gets back here enough enough about this but if you're gonna change the game if you're gonna mess up the game if you're gonna be doing something silly bobby you shouldn't don't be that guy do you mean drive for show and putt for dough no i'm talking about your one that you saw this week oh yeah uh how about don't be those guys plural like a team effort team i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know golf course Private club, closed, driving around, scouring for uh, range or golf balls all over the place. Just like, wow. Um, so if you're going to be the member of a high-end private club, don't scour for golf balls in the range. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Go undercover at night or do something, but that was just bad form. My goodness. And look out for gators. <laughs> you guys were up to their knees in the water with gators around. That's ballsy. Extremely bad form. (laughs) Speaking of bad form, would you like to chime in, Mr. Hydorn, with our live report for the week? Oh, just a little tidbit of live. Um, They are getting sued by the Live Nightclub in Miami for trademark infringement. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, the nightclub logo looks eerily familiar to uh, the Live Golf logo. And they actually use the number 54 in their um, trademarks as well. So I'm sure this is going to be a nice money grab for the nightclub uh, to get the Saudis to give them a nice chunk of change. But just more more stuff that Liv has to deal with being the, the redheaded stepchild in the world of golf. Yeah. 
Or Christian, got any thoughts on that? No, I don't. I got nothing. <laughs> this is the first time Liv has left me speechless for the first time. I think ever. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't happen often with Liv. Does not happen often. Can it, can I do a can I do a quick be that guy? Sure. Okay, you're the boss, so I just need to ask first. But so I was at I was at the medalist um, a couple weekends ago. Here he uh, goes again, Christian. Oh, I was at the medalist, <laughs> as we discussed, and you know, there's a bunch of different guys running around that place, tour players here and there, and happened to to run across Matt Wolf. Um, we all know Matt Wolf's had his ups and downs professionally. He's now a live golfer, but the kid couldn't be a nicer, friendlier, more outgoing human being. Um, in, in a world where, where, you know, there's a lot of different personalities and things, you're a professional golfer, you're a member of the club that has all these other, you know, successful business people. He's out there making friends with people, talking, interacting, and not all of those guys are like that. So, you know what? Kudos to Matt Wolf for for being that guy. Well played. Well played, Matt Wolf. All right, Christian. 18th green. We've got a few minutes left. What's your final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts is um, Tommy Fleetwood's going to win the Valspar. Um, mic drop moment right there. And uh, no, just I say it every week, guys. Please continue to uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you know, we're, we have uh, great stuff uh, planned this upcoming 2023. Um, and, uh, you know, we greatly appreciate all the support. Um, anything that we can do to you know, make you laugh in the morning, evening, afternoon, at night, whenever you listen to us. Obviously, it's all greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to uh, be rolling the rock like Alan does this upcoming season. So. Yeah. I'll give you lessons. Thank you. Bobby? I got two things. Uh, momentous week in the take, world take of golf. Th take three if you need. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, momentous week. Uh, more info to follow, but uh, my new company, OnPin International, is now up and alive in America. We did our first install installation at Woodfield Country Club down in Boca today, uh, or the last few days. So uh, that was personally exciting. We'll have more information coming your way on that. Uh, but this week I was reading something that reminded tell us, me. Tell us what OnPin does, Bobby. Oh, I want a whole show for this. I don't want just tease them. <laughs> uh... Tease them. Okay, here's the tease. It's uh, tech, it's a golf technology company based in Australia 25 years ago, and they're all about making the experience at the facility better for the golfer, and that's what I'm all about with my Reimagine Golf, retention and experience, and this plays into retention and experience. There's the screens in the golf cart, but the big one is called Verify, and it has radio frequency chips. You can track golfers around the course. It has applications to maintenance it's just really, you know, it's a cliche, but it's cutting edge technology. Nobody in the golf industry has it. It's now just coming into the United States of America uh, through my company. So, yeah, very excited that um, I like to be the first to do things. I've helped do some national things and it uh, fits right into my wheelhouse in that regard. Uh, but we'll, we'll have more 
more coming. I'll have Alan do the tease in his uh, Augusta voice when we're ready. <laughs> but here was the my here's this little story I saw this week, and um, uh, Andy may like this one just because it mentions his second, uh, no, his favorite golfer. Um, so many of you younger golfers may not remember Bruce Edwards, uh, really great, amazing caddy. And he was telling the story between all his years caddying for um, Tom Watson. And when Tom Watson would get out into the fairway and his ball would be in a bad lie, he'd look at him and go, watch this, watch me do this. And then he caddies for Greg Norman. Norman gets a bad lie in the middle of the fairway. Why does this always happen to me? Why do I always get bad luck? <laughs> there you go. That's a great perspective difference, isn't it? Yep. Mr. Hydorn. So Sahith Tagala um, had a quote. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he's, I believe my numbers might be off by a little bit, but I believe he's ranked 28th in the world now. And somebody asked him about that. And his answer was that he's astounded that he's in the top 30 in the world and he can't believe it. And, and he said, there's no way that there's not more than 30 golfers in this world that are better than me. How's that for a little humble pie? Love it. Absolutely love it. Cheer for that guy. So I've got two, because if Bobby can do it, I'm going to steal also. First one, <laughs> first one is, I told her I would do this. Chrissy Ortiz, assistant athletic director, Georgian Court University. New listener told me she's been following us. Shout out to you. Actually, we're friends. And uh, if anybody wants a funny article, look up the Freddie Couples tease off on Live Golf and Nutbag, Nutbag, Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie is coming out of his shell with Freddie Liv. is That's amazing. Freddie's all the way out of his shell at this point. So yep. read the article. It'd be funny. Tristan, if you can ever get out of the snow, hit it long and straight because it beats Bryson hitting it short and crooked. Boom. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.